Amen. Good morning. Hey, I sure appreciate uh, you being here today. Man, we're excited to uh, be here. What a privilege it is for uh, us to, to get to serve along with you today uh, right here at Connection Church Statesboro and what all that God's doing. I mean, this is incredible, and so appreciate it. Uh, now, you're going to have to try really hard to beat the 9 o'clock crowd. Man, they were wild. All right, wild. We had crowd surfing. We had to calm them down. There was some law. We had to call the law. Statesboro's finest. It was wild, but... Uh, but they told me y'all were the calm crowd that goes to sleep, so uh, I'll watch you. I'll watch you. No. Hey, guys, good morning, and as the video said, my name's Patrick, and uh, my wife is somewhere around here, or maybe out with some of our team. We had some of our team come to the first service, and they're out just kind of learning some systems, meeting some people in the hall, and uh, we have some more of our team that's here today uh, for our launch. Uh, we hope to, our goal is to, to be planted maybe mid to end of the fall but definitely having weekly services by the first of the year. So y'all be in prayer for us. Uh, if you don't know a lot about the Connection Network and what your generosity helps make happen, please, man, I would ask some of the, the staff, some of your, your connectors, like, man, what does the Connection Network do? What are they all about? Uh, you, would, you would just be blown away at just the network of, of uh, pastors and leaders and, and even lay leaders who are involved in church planting and the mission, the global mission but also the local mission that, that happens right here in our community. So uh, we're excited about that. I'm excited about the team that God sent me. Uh, and we got Tyman and Jared over here and Mr. Melvin. And, uh, and then, then uh, like I said, there's more. You may have met some of them uh, earlier, and they're, they're out there in the back. But, uh, man, we're just stoked. We're so thankful uh, for what's happening. But, you know, uh, in, it, as, as the video mentioned, church planting is not anything you do alone. And so I need your prayers. I follow. Uh, you can go to connectionrh.com, and it's it's our web page right now. But it's going to be a website uh, here within the next few weeks, and uh, follow everything that's happening. Of course, follow us on Facebook, uh, all that good stuff, different platforms like that. But uh, but but I just want to say thank you to the staff. I appreciate uh, Pastor Brandon, John, the whole team. I, I started calling names the first service, and I almost just did it again. But uh, man, you got an incredible staff here, incredible team. Uh, but guess what? They're only as good as the people sitting right here now, right? They're only as strong as you guys. We are the church together, um, and we'll, we'll talk about that and being on mission here in a second. But I appreciate this opportunity. I appreciate uh, my pastor, uh, Michael Page, out of Savannah, Connection Savannah, and uh, also uh, Billy Shire over in Vidae has been spending time every single week. They're a fast-paced, growing church that's reaching so many people, but yet every week, He's, he takes a whole Wednesday off for me and, and just training and us talking and working through sermons and all kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm totally indebted to the network. Uh, and, and really, I'd love to meet you in the Next Steps uh, area after service and share some more of our story uh, and just really how God brought us to the network and how we kind of uh, met, met, met your pastors. But it's such a cool thing how God set it up. But, um, but, but for the sake of time, I am on assignment, and uh, so I get to share... Uh, our response. So if Jesus was, in fact, who he said he was, if, if Jesus actually paid for our sins, laid his life down, was crucified, buried in a cold, dark grave, and rose again, then what is our response? What is our response? Uh, Eric did a fabulous job last week talking about our response would be to service, to be a servant, right? Uh, he preached about becoming a servant. He preached on uh, one of the most beautiful passages where Jesus, he, he, he girded himself with the all humility 
being all God, he girded himself in humility and, and knelt down and washed the disciples' feet. What an incredible story. And, uh, and we should also be the servant. Amen. We should serve as he served. And so I appreciate that. And so I want to kind of move now into uh, the discussion of becoming a soldier. Not just a servant, but our response should be to become a soldier. Who is a soldier? What is a soldier? It's someone who is living on mission. They understand the mission and they're acting upon the mission, right? I'm thankful as a Christ follower, we being soldiers, we don't have to uh, uh, plow and work and fight and be antagonistic and, and, and come up with our own strategy and our own plan and, 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 and strive and war. No, 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 no. Us being a soldier, we're under the greatest commander-in-chief, right? He's got our marching orders. He's got our direction, and he's laid it out through discipleship and the New Testament itself. And so we can fall in line and fall under his, in, in his presence and under his power, and we could be the soldier God's called us to be. If Jesus is really who he said he was, amen? If he's alive today, I believe he is, and I know you do. That's why you're here. Then we have a job to be done. Amen. We have a job to do, and that's to be, become a soldier uh, for the kingdom. But if we're someone who lives on mission, we must understand the mission, right? What is the mission? Maybe you've been here at Connection. Uh, you, you know, you, you helped start this place. You were here in the very beginning. Maybe you just came by, by way of a friend today, but I think it's good to remind ourselves what the mission is. As, as Connection Church Richmond Hill, our mission will be to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. You've heard that. And I love the focus of Statesboro's mission to connect, to equip, and to send, right? Connect, equip, and send. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. We have here, right here at church, we have the um, Avenger, the Connection Avengers here, right? I mean, with all the staff and the team that works here every week. But listen, it's not the staff's job to carry out the mission. It's their job, according to uh, Ephesians, to equip the work, the, the saints to the work of the ministry. That's you, and that's me. And I love this. I said this in this morning's service, but man, think about this. God does not have a plan B. He has a plan A. It's the local New Testament church carrying out his mission, his kingdom, bringing uh, the, the ministry of reconciliation that, that, that Jesus reached God the Father and reached our lost state, and he has brought us together, reconciled us to God the Father. And if you're like me, uh, I'm from the backwoods of Hepzibah. I didn't know what reconcile mean, but basically it just means Jesus went and got us, okay? He went for the Father to get us back to the Father, right? And so that is the ministry of reconciliation. That is the mission. And so the pastor, the, the staff, their, their job is to equip you to carry out the work of the ministry. 3.2 billion people unreached on planet Earth. That's a big job. But he's still using you and he's still using me. Man, I hope that excites you. It excites me to live on mission. But let me ask you this. The connect, the equipping, the sending, where does that come from? Where, man, that's a pretty good idea, right? That's, that's pretty clear vision. Where do we get that? Of course, from God's word, right? We get it from God's word. And, and I wish I could take uh, some time to go all the way back to the early chapters of Genesis and see that even in the 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 birth and the start of creation and, and God and all his majestic glory and all his wondrous creativity created a people that would carry out his name, that would bear his image, his likeness, and that would honor him with their life. 
become eventually a great nation and that every other nation would look to that nation to see God and to know God and to, to give all glory to God. I wish we had time to do all that, but we're going to fast forward just to the New Testament part of it uh, because we are the New Testament church. But man, I'd love for you to challenge yourself. Go back through all the way through the Old Testament is the gospel thread to our redemption found through Jesus in the New Testament. But, but I just want to, you can go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 2, that's in your New Testament. It's towards the back of the book, one of the writings of Paul, and I believe Paul gives us a, a great deal of encouragement in these scriptures based out of the resurrection and that Christ is alive. And we're going to get to that portion in just a minute, so Ephesians chapter 2. But I do want to give you just a, a snapshot of the gospel thread in the New Testament, just to rekindle really why we're here and why we exist as a church. Uh, so looking in, in Luke... Uh, chapter 24, and I'm going to say these real fast, so, so you can hold your, stay right there in Ephesians 2. Just write these down to study out in Connect Group or something later this week. Uh, but, if, but, but Luke chapter 24, here we see the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, alive after he was slain, after, he was, uh, after it was quiet and dead and dark in a grave. He's alive, and he's speaking to his disciples, Luke 24, 44 through 47. But I'll just give you a, a quick Part of that says, and repentance and forgiveness of sins. Can anybody say amen right there? Amen. All my sins forgiven. Forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Amen. I love my wife. I ask her to keep me humble. She helps me. And this morning before I got up to preach, she said, remember, you ain't supposed to be here. At all intents and purposes... What Satan desired for my life, what evil, what my own sin desired for me, I should not be here. Why is it that we are here today preaching about the good news, hearing the good news, given a mission to go out and share the good news, and yet there's 3.2 billion people on planet Earth that don't even know? Why, are, why is that not us? We'll see in the scriptures, it's God's mere mercy. It's his mere mercy that he loves us and he gave it to us so we could in turn give it to others. So we can reach out into the unreached, the unengaged people groups of the world. And so think about this. I ain't supposed to be here. You shouldn't be here. The only reason we're here is by God's grace. God's good graces. And therefore, so we have a mission. Jesus gives it to us through the Great Commission, as we just read. Uh, Matthew 28 is out there on your wall. You know the Great Commission to go and to make disciples. You can ask yourself right there where you are in your seat. Are you actively making disciples in your life? What, do you, I don't, what does that look like? Man, we got plenty of staff, plenty of people. We'd love to meet you after service to help you understand that. That's what we're here for as a church. And so, but Jesus gives us that mission. The New Testament does a great job at carrying it out. We'll see in Acts 1, 8, Jesus goes on and says, but after, when he ascends, but after you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Why? Because that's where they were. And in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts 8, we find out that persecution starts in the church. The church did a lot of stuff. They started setting up deacons and taking care of the people and, and, and growing. But then they kind of, you know, just like good, good uh, uh, southern Georgians, you know, they started looking inward and taking care of themselves and, and getting kind of, you know, covered up in a lot of tasks and a lot of things to do for the church, which were good things. Uh, but then God sends some persecution. The church scatters. Starts getting spread out. 
The word starts getting spread, and then Acts, uh, like I said, Acts 8, they get persecuted. Then Acts 11, we find out that the gospel is shared with Gentiles. The Gentiles don't scoff at it. They don't laugh. They don't thought, well, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. No, they, they fall under repentance and start getting saved. They start getting saved, and they start having churches. And, and Antioch, by, by Acts uh, 15, 13, the, the, excuse me, the church sends their first missionaries, Paul and Barnabas. And in 15, they're, they're, they're the Jerusalem council. Jerusalem Council is gathering together, and they're saying, what are we going to do with all these Gentiles getting saved? Like, they're Antioch sending churches and planting churches, and finally Pastor James stands up and says, hey, this is of God. This is of God, and he quotes Amos and, and, and confirms that this is of the Lord. <laughs> and, and so, man, we see that the, the church is growing, the church is spreading. By Acts 28, we find Paul captive in Rome, in chains, writing to young Timothy, can you please bring me a coat? Winter's coming. Can you, can you please bring me the parchments? I, I miss doing my Old Testament studies. Can, can you please just bring me something to do? I, I'm running out of things to do. I've, I've preached to every centurion I come in contact with. I've, I've shared the gospel. I, Timothy, if you're able to make it. And as he's writing this, think about this church. As he's writing this letter, he's probably... I mean, this ain't Gmail, right? <laughs> so he's probably hoping. He, don't, he can't get a... When he sends it, he don't get a response back saying your email made it. No, no, he's probably just hoping that this will even get to Timothy. He says, Demas has forsaken me. Alexander's done me much evil, and only Luke is with me. Wondered if, Paul even wondered if he'd ever see Timothy again. If he'd ever do anything for God again. Little did he know. Did the book stop with Acts 28? Little did he know. 2,000 years later, hey, 2,000 years later, there'd be a gospel-centered, disciple-making champion, a, a, a gospel champion church right here in the heart of Statesboro that's pumping out disciples and connect group leaders and preaching the word and glorifying God from the platform all the way out to the pew. And it's happening today, guys. And, and Paul sat in his dungeon and had no idea if this would happen. But he was faithful. He was a faithful soldier on mission. And we have Acts 29 today. We're, we're the continuation. We're, we are the gap, right? Do you know you're in Scripture? Check out Revelation 7. It's a prophecy, a prophecy that is yet to be fulfilled. Uh, but listen, Revelation 7 that shows us all people around the throne, all nations around the throne. John writes, after this, look, I looked, uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, and there was a vast multitude. From every nation, tribe, people, and language which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they're clothed in white robes and palm branches, and they're worshiping. They're worshiping the God of glory. I don't know about you guys, when I walk in an auditorium like this and I see people with their Bibles open, I see people with their mind driven, I see people that they've already served maybe the first service and now they're back for this service to, to try and take partake of the Word and get challenged. And you know what I see? I see future worshipers that will be around the throne, hey, glorifying God and worshiping for all that He's done because it's all Him that does it. Amen. It's no, nothing on our behalf. It's all salvation is from Him. Amen. And so, guys, listen, that's a prophecy that's yet to be fulfilled. And if all people are going to be around the throne, we got some work to do. As, as uh, Austin shared earlier, the 3.2 billion unreached people groups 
Think about our, our people, so over 7,000 people groups that is unreached. And in that 7,000, over 3,000 of those people groups are entirely unengaged. What that simply means is they don't even have the gospel there, nor anyone that knows the gospel, nor even a, a lot of them don't even have a gospel in their language. They couldn't know it if they wanted to. And I got 10 Bibles sitting in my house this morning. And I got, I got free uh, Lifeway literature. I could access free Bible studies. Free, I, I got all just inundated with it. And there's people today that will die never knowing the name of Jesus. Oh, man, won't that just sit with us? You say, Patrick, that's heavy. It should be. It should be because we got a strong God. <laughs> hey, we got a strong God that wants to use some weak people and get all the glory for it. Amen? Anybody willing to be weak with me? Hey, anybody willing to go the distance, right? Well, let's talk about really what it looks like to be a soldier. And then I just want to give you a quick summary of how we fight our enemy as a soldier. Because I believe that's where the rubber meets the road. I believe that a lot of times we can't get on mission and or stay on the mission of making disciples and, and leading a gospel-centered life. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, let me just give you a little commercial just because 11 o'clock starts, we have time to do that. You're not all going to be preachers. You may not all sign up today to leave with Shane next June and go to unreached people groups. Okay, Now, some of you need to. Some of you better because God, you know God's calling you to. But listen, you all have a job. We all have a job. And it may look different, but that is how the giftedness of God works in the body of Christ Oh, I hope you didn't come in here today and thinking this was a show. I hope you didn't come in here today and say, man, I can't wait to hear Chase play again. I, I can't wait to see uh, Pastor Brandon preach. And oh, wow, well, they had, to, they had to dig the bottom of the barrel today. But hey, you know, I, I hope you didn't come for the show. Please. No, we came to live on mission. And so let's, let's get on mission together. And, and, and let's say, maybe, maybe you say, Patrick, I'm on mission. I'm doing a lot for the kingdom man. Thank God that he's letting you do it. Amen. Thank God he allows us to do it, right? And so look at this. Every... Christ follower can live a life on mission and be the soldier that, that, that God has equipped us to be by understanding how to fight the enemy. We have the vision. We have the mission and the vision of God. But I think where we lack is with the passion. And listen, we are some passionate people, especially this year. We got, we got football national champions and baseball national champions. We are very passionate this year. You know what I'm saying? And we're, we're running off the fumes in hopes that it's going to be another good year. All GSU fans are mad at me now, but that's all right. We're still, we're still friends. But listen, uh, but, but we get passionate about stuff, but I think in that passion we get distracted from the true passion. And so let me share this quote with you. I just thought it was powerful, and God kind of wrecked me with it, so I'd love to share it. Uh, not to wreck you, but you could share in my wreckness, okay? <laughs> wreckness is not a word. I'm sorry. All right, all right here we go. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill said this, There are two indispensable factors to successful Christian living. They are vision and passion. Uh, men battle mountainous seas of human carnal criticism and storm the flinty heights of devilish opposition to plant the cross of Christ amidst the habitations of cruelty. Why? Because they have caught a vision and contracted a passion. Isn't that good? Wow. And that's what my goal today, man, I want you to, to, to understand the vision, but then, man, contract that passion. Like, you know, I need to be passionate about the real things. I need to be passionate about the eternal things. Illustration of a soldier is, is soldier needs some things. But let me share this story with you before I show you what, what a soldier needs. 
because you know, but, but it was October 22nd, 2015, when Sergeant Major uh, Thomas Payne, um, him and his team landed uh, some Chinook copters in the Operation Inherent Resolve as ISIS was uh, running terrorism fronts all across their own land and just slaughtering people. And they had got some intel that they had found two uh, um, uh, 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 compounds that were uh, already had shallow graves dug by them, and they saw that. And so they sent these Green Berets in to land and to lead this rescue mission. To this day, the largest hostile um, and hostage rescue mission in special operation history. And they land these Chinook coppers, and the ramp drops, and Sergeant uh, Major uh, Thomas Payne leaves with his crew. He was assistant team leader, and they ran to the one compound. The other team went to the other compound, and they got in there, all in the face of enemy fire, shooting at them. One of his other sergeant majors went down that day and gave his ulti- paid the ultimate price for freedom. Uh, and we lost him that day. But, but, but uh, Sergeant Major uh, Thomas Payne, he went in and immediately starts clearing the room. And there's, they're shooting back at him. And they find this cell that's locked. And he exchanges his rifle for some bolt cutters and snaps uh, the lock and frees uh, some 30 people that are hostages in this compound that were, that were expected to be put to death in a matter of moments. And so he gets them out, and at the time, the, the, the team, they, they make a line with their bodies and their rifles, protecting them from enemy fire so the hostages can run. You can actually YouTube it and see some of the footage they've caught of the hostages kind of running out of the compound. I mean, it just it gives me chill bumps. And they're saving these, these, these people. And, and then he gets radio uh, that the other compound now is on fire and the infrastructure is co- about to come down. They need backup uh, because an a, a, a enemy bomber, a suicide bomber, had released his bomb and blew up uh, part of the compound. And now the fire has engulfed the place. They're in there in smoke and, and, and they're getting took over. And so Sergeant uh, Major Thomas Payne goes over there to uh, uh, s- supply some relief and some uh, return fire, gets them on the roof and can't get in. So he climbs down and, and goes right into the building on fire and shooting back, fighting back, and eventually makes his way to the cell, once again exchanging his weapon for the bolt cutters to free these people from this burning prison that will will, will cost them their lives in just a matter of moments. He snaps one lock, the door does not unjam, but he's taking so much fire he has to get out of there uh, because they're shooting at him to catch his breath and to hack up some tar and some inhalation uh, from the smoke, and, and, then, and, then, and then he returns back in to snap the other lock, freeing some 30 more prisoners. They say it's almost 78 people, I think 78 was the count of uh, people that were freed that day, all because of the valiant efforts of these special operations men and the joint task for, forces from the Kurdish side. And get this, guys. These people he freed that day were not Red-blooded Americans, they didn't have the values he had. Most of them probably prayed to Allah. Most of them probably believed entirely different, had different mindsets, different goals. Probably were nothing like this boy from Lexington, South Carolina, but yet that didn't stop him on mission. The mission was to save those people, get them out of the burning compound, get them out of the prison before their death. Man, it sure does remind me a lot about the gospel and how God saved us. And therefore, we are left with a great task. It's our job now to get some other people out of the fire. 
Hey, the book of Jude, which is really a, a summary of the whole entire Bible, the book of Jude, is, it, says, it says, having compassion for some, uh, hating the garment spot of our flesh, and snatching them out of the fire. You see that picture? That's a picture of grace. It's a picture of the gospel, right? That, that God, our sins, paying everyone life. And in spite of our sins, saving us and calling us to a work to see others saved. A soldier is on mission. A so, who is a soldier? A soldier is someone who is on mission. What does it take to be a soldier? You have to have strategy. Where is our strategy? The truth of the Word of God. The truth of the Word of God. It, it's our strategy. It's our, it's our guidebook. It's our life manual. We need it every day. A soldier has a standard. What's the standard? Well, Pastor Eric preached on it last week, didn't he? The standard is love. Do all things in love. Love God our Father and then love our neighbor as ourselves, right? That's our standard. And so we don't have to guess. Jesus said it best that by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. Isn't that good? Isn't that a good standard? That's our standard as a soldier. And then our system is what? If you don't have systems, you plan to fail because fail to plan is plan to fail. Our system is discipleship. We have connect groups and connect group leaders and, and triad groups and other people. We have people that want to see you disciple. We're creating a, a movement where you yourself can say, I, I, if I want to be disciples, I can be. We can get in a place where there's, it's conducive for growth and I can be discipled as a person. It may not be perfect. We, don't, we live in an imperfect world. It's not going to be perfect. People getting together, doing life together, guess what? It sounds a whole lot like family, doesn't it? And family show ain't perfect. Hang out with mine a little bit. Huh? Hey, yeah, and so, 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 but it's not perfect. But man, it's such an awesome system because men, you get around men, and ladies, you get around ladies, and couples get around couples, and kids get around kids, and you find out, wow, they're doing it, I can do it. Or wow, they're going through it like I'm going through it. We can get through this together, right? That's our system. And so our response to Jesus being alive today, that grave being empty today, our response should be we want to be a soldier on mission, to live a life on mission. Mama, your mission looks a lot different than preaching, doesn't it? But then babies need you. Amen? Hey, Dad, your mission may look entirely different from what I'm, even what I'm dealing with today. But I'm telling you one thing. It's, it's needed. Amen? We need real men that will stand up. College student, you think you don't matter. You think you're insignificant. Can I tell you this? Man, there are students that are waiting for you to stand up. There are people in your class, people in your, in your cohorts, and they're just dying for someone to stand up with some truth, with some hope. And it could be you. Amen? You can live a life on mission to reclaim the world for God's glory. It's a rescue mission. So what prevents us from living on mission? right? What, what, what prevents you and me from living on mission? The good thing is we don't have to take a lot of time and guess that. It's really the same thing that ha that's, that's prevented us from, from day one, right? Not knowing how to fight. Not knowing how to fight. When we don't realize how to fight our enemy, we can't complete the mission. If we were a soldier in battle and we said, oh, yeah, I left my machine gun. Did, did I need that? Oh, uh, whoa, y'all wearing helmets? I didn't get the memo, right? No, I mean, you, you were unprepared. And so, so, so no one starts a mission hoping it'll fail. Right? No, one, no one gets married saying, well, you know, if it don't work out, we can always go get a divorce, right? Let me know how she thinks of that, guys. Let me, let me know what she thinks of that. No, no one walks into a divorce attorney holding hands. Can we agree? Right? Yeah, yeah. No one wakes up in the morning and says, man, I can't wait to lose today. I can't wait to be the best loser in my job. 
Nobody says that, right? No, it's silly. Because when we, we wake up, we, we want to win. We want to accomplish the mission. God's put that inside of us. God's put this inside of us. And guess what? You can accomplish the mission, but unfortunately, you've been deceived. You've been deceived. And we, in our society, I believe we've been, we've, we've been wrapped up with so much bu- bubble wrap and safety nets and safety precautions. It, it, it prevents us to eat. You know, it, like, like here, here's, our, here's our culture, okay? This is an edge, right? There probably should be caution tape up here for crazy preachers. But here's the edge. And instead of our culture, you know, putting us in a safe position where, okay, this is safe, we put them way behind the curtains. Like, let's put enough bubble wrap, enough safety nets in between us. And so we live a life of apathy and just, we don't want to risk anything. We don't want people to think bad of us. Man, the worst thing in the world that happens is somebody point and laugh, right? No. No, the worst thing that happens is they die without a Savior and be entirely separated for all eternity from their God. Amen? So, man, guys, listen. The Holy Spirit is moving today, and he's looking for people who want to live on mission. He's looking for a sixth grader that'll say, I'm going to be a witness to my friends. He's looking for a KK worker that says, you know what? This is hard, and God's called us to do hard things. I'm going to do it. I'm going to love these children. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be faithful. You know, on Sundays, my calendar is clear. I go to church, right? And, and that's what God's looking for people. And so I just want to encourage you, and this is a short, the, the shortest part of my message. I've given you an intro, but look at Ephesians chapter 2, because that's what Paul does here. Paul gives us so much encouragement in these first few verses of chapter 2. And that's actually what I want to do. So, so John, in chapter 2 of 1 John, excuse me, uh, he, uh, he writes about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And let me tell you this. He says all those things are of the world, and they distract us from the mission. That's, that's the the generic uh, kind of topic of that second part of, of his writing. And, and then and, and you can go all the way back to the temptation in the garden. And I don't even like calling it the fall because the fall gives us an option to say oops, but it's not oops. We chose to oops, right? We chose to fall. Uh, it, you know, it wasn't a mistake. We sinned, right? And, 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 and in Eve's mind and in Adam's mind, they said, wait, we can be like God? Wait a minute, we don't have to go to God anymore? We can know like God? Oh, let's try that. And they disobeyed God, and they left what God asked them to do and chose what they wanted to do. And since then, the same temptation they faced, 2022, here we are facing the same stuff. And I think we know how to fight. Sometimes isn't it just easier to give in? Come on, anybody going to go to church with me? Isn't it just easier to say, eh, I'll just do my thing? Yeah. Oh, that's easy. That's, why we, that's how we were born. We were born in a natural state. But if you have claimed the name of Jesus, then you have been called out to go against the grain, to go against the flow and say, no, as a Christ follower, that's exactly what I do. I follow Christ. Follow Christ. I want to do what he did. I want to say like, talk like he talked. I want, to, I, want to, I want to be like him. I want to love people like he loved people. I need that. I need help with that. If that's you, you're in good company because that's me. I battle the lust of the flesh. I battle the lust of the eyes. I battle the pride of life. I'm excited. Y'all start a brand new series next week. Pride. Man, let's kill that thing. Let's drag him out in the light and put him to death, right? Let's do that. And I, I'll just give you a quick one right here. Look at, look at the verse. I'm going to let, just let Paul preach for a minute. That's all right. He's a whole lot better than I am. He starts out verse 1 of chapter 2. Did we pray yet? I feel like I need to pray. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time. And Lord, I'm, I'm already almost done with my message. And so I feel I, feel I wanted to lead with prayer. But God, I'm just being vulnerable up here. And I ask you to now take your scripture 
the wonderful words of life. God, may it come alive to us off this page because it, 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 it embodies a living Savior. This is not just words on a page. God, this is your word. So I pray right now that you would do just that work, your word, into our hearts. Challenge us, change us. May we draw into the mission now as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Just let this preach to you. Here we go, and we're going to close. And you, Paul says, verse 1, were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air. There's our enemy, our Lucifer, uh, uh, the spirit now working in disobedient. Then Paul, he points the thumbs back to himself. We too, y'all remember that? We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath as others were also. Hey, I love that. Listen, guys, uh, we like quoting John 3.16, but it's John 17, 3.17. I like that. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We're already condemned. Like, God doesn't condemn us. Jesus don't condemn you. You're already condemned. Shame, guilt, sin has already condemned you to death, entirely separated from God our Father. That's why Jesus came, so that we might be saved. We might have life and have life everlasting. Amen. Why? We were under wrath, verse 3 says, but... God. Anybody say, but God with me? But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead. Jesus did not come, live, die, and rise again to make good people better. No, 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 no. He came to make dead people alive. If you're saved here today, you are alive in Christ. The same spirit, the same spirit that spoke, that moved over the waters in the beginning of time and, and, and creation happened and threw the stars in the sky and, and embodied the prophets to preach the upcoming gospel and, and, and cre- helped the, the early kingdom slay giants. And, and the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is the same spirit in you and in me. Amen. Don't you feel alive when you think of that? That's the Spirit. If you're saved in here today, if you've called on Jesus, that same Spirit's in you. He also, I love this, verse 6, He also raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might display the immeasurable riches of His grace through His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He don't want to display our works. He wants to display his works in us. I tried to look up that word and hope to find a good Greek word to go with it, but it just simply means display, to show. Yeah, he wants to use what he's done in your life to show the entire world of his unmeasurable riches, of his wondrous grace. He wants to use you, and he wants to use me. goes on, it says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Anybody glad God's still working on you? I am. Oh, y'all ain't looking at the finished product. Y'all be in trouble. <laughs> hey, I know John Irvin made me look good on that video, but I, there's a lot of work going on up here. Uh-huh. 
I, I have a feeling there's a lot of work going on in the pews today. Is that all right? Can I preach that? Yeah, yeah. We are his workmanship. He's crafting us. We got the best carpenter that ever the universe ever seen. Actually, he created the universe too. And he's working on us. Thank God he's working on us. Amen. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for apathetic accountability throughout the week, maybe on Sunday and Wednesday. No. Ew. Okay, I'm sorry. We're creating in Christ Jesus for to tithe. Make sure the preachers can keep coming back to work. Man, that is so lame. Is that what your faith does? Is that that's that's all you can offer? No, it says good works. That's eternal works. That's works we can't. We, that's things that des, was designed in the mind of God for the children of God to carry out for God's world that all glory might come back to him. <laughs> Isn't that freeing? That we don't need all glory. We don't deserve all glory. We, don't, we shouldn't want glory. We want to just divert it to him. To display his unmeasurable, unmeasurable riches for his kindness through us. Amen. Which God prepared ahead for time for us to do. We got a job to do. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to carry out the mission. Our purpose is to plant churches to reach those who need the gospel. Oh, I know you're thinking, well, Patrick, I got, I got people right here locally that's unreached. No, they're not unreached. They got you. <laughs> hey, they got you. You know the gospel. Tell them. They, 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 we have the gospel here. You need to tell them. You need to share it. But there's people all over the world that unless we keep going, unless we keep talking about unreached people groups and praying for them every month and all month, unless we keep putting it in front of ourselves, our heart will grow hard and callous. And we'll forget that there's people out there that need a Savior. May we get back on mission. Look at this. Don't ruin, don't allow the lust of the flesh. Because the lust of the flesh, Satan will distort your flesh. He distorts marriage. He distorts sexuality. He distorts identity. I wish I had time to preach that. He takes it and distorts it. The world distorts it because the world is operating under his system. Remember what it said? Live according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler and the power of this there. That's Lucifer. A fallen angel. He, he is so mad and so angry and he's so bent to kill, steal, and destroy you. Why? Because the more he pushes God's people and the more he attacks God's people and the more he tries to pull you down and sin, the church grows and the gospel goes and people get saved and it's driving him mad. And if he could kill your family, if he could kill you, if he can harm your marriage, he'll use your flesh and your lust and your pride to do it. He don't, he, don't, he don't need anything else. He's got That's plenty for him to work with. And so often, what do we do? We give it to him. We allow him to take ground. He's already stolen enough. Hey, don't let that deceiver steal anything else. He's a liar and a thief, and you need to take back, in the name of Jesus, you need to take back what he's taken from you. You need to restore those relationships and apologize and say, I'm sorry, I was a dummy, I was prideful. I'm swallowing my pride, and I want to make things right. And that person you hurt may not, may not be ready for that. That's okay. Give them time. Pray for them. That relationship you've tore up, it may never get restored. That's what sin does. It leads to lust, and lust, when it's conceived, brings forth sin. When sin's finished, brings death. That's what he does. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you what, might have life, have it more abundantly. That's what my Jesus wants for you. That's what he wants for me. That's what he wants for Richmond Hill. Statesboro, Georgia, greater Georgia, 
the uttermost parts of the world, that they might see him and know him. What is the mission? The mission is to make disciples. Go. Make disciples. What is a soldier? A soldier is one who lives on mission. And what hinders the soldier? It's our flesh, our lust, and our pride. And our pride. May we kill that today. May we ask God to crucify that today. And don't get surprised when she shows back up tomorrow. I shouldn't have said she because <laughs> when it shows up tomorrow, excuse me. Don't, don't, don't be surprised because every day we're, you'd be killing sin or sin would be killing you. huh? And so every day, crucify yourself to the mission. God, I, 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 this is not my flesh. This is not my eyes. Lord, I, all glory to you. Kill that pride. Don't ruin your opportunity to display his grace and extend his glory. So that brings us to a time of prayer. Because I, I, can, I can do what, I, what, what would take me and you a lifetime to do, God can do in a moment in prayer. That's just how powerful he is. That's the kind of God we serve. Huh? Hey, do you believe that? The kind of God we serve is that a God that is willing to change you and change me and help you in that situation you're in. He may not make it go all away, but he may be growing you through it. And we must be willing to get grown through it, get, 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 become a spiritual adult through it, right? Amen. Let's be willing to do that. Let me ask you this. Some of us, maybe you're here today as, as you kind of just, right where you are, if you're able, just stand to your feet as a willingness to say, Lord, I've heard this message. I've heard your word today. And I just want to be willing to receive what you have for me. Maybe you're here today. You say, Pastor, I... I don't really even know the mission because I've never trusted Christ. I don't even know Jesus as my Savior. I've played with it and I've played with it and now I realize that if I let sin go long enough, it's going to kill me. Not only kill me, but damn me to a place called hell that God never intended me to go. God didn't even create that for you. Like the, the, the people in hell today are crying out in misery, not just because of pain and torment, but because of separation. Because they had a chance and, and, a, and a loving God gave them a chance, yet they refused it. The Bible says that no one has ever came to him, he's turned away. Amen. It's his will that none should perish, but all should come unto repentance. Maybe that's you today. That was me as a 14-year-old punk. That was me, no knowledge of God, no knowledge of church. Passing 100 churches every day, didn't even know why they were there. Didn't know why they wasted up real estate. I had no idea until the glorious light of the gospel shined into my life. And I got saved. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you need to be saved. Our prayer team is coming down front, and they're going to be ready for you. You say, Pastor, I don't even know where that begins. That's okay. You don't even have to come up on stage. We won't ever embarrass you or nothing. We would never do that to you. But somebody would love to pray with you. Maybe it's a student. You need to tap your mom or tap, tap your parent and say, would it be all right if I... If you walk with me to pray, I'd love to pray. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a, a, a person here and you're all by yourself and you think, this is different, this is weird, I'm not used to this. I promise you, you won't regret it. Just come. After church, maybe you can't come down here, your nerves won't let you, you battle anxiety or something, that's okay. After church, I'm going to be in next steps. We're going to have leadership all over the church. Just grab one of us and say, hey, can, I, can you pray with me? We'd love to do that. You need to know Christ. Today is the day of your salvation. Don't leave here without knowing him. Amen. Hey, some of us need to repent from our sin and ask God to, to rekindle our passion 
for his vision. I had to do that. As I was prepping this message, I was like, God, what in my life, what lust, what, what little avenue of pride, what little hidden alley, back uh, dark closet of my heart have I hid something from you? God, will you expose it? Maybe that's your prayer today. God, expose what's in my life and, and what I'm holding on to as an idol or I want to keep for myself. Maybe that's your prayer today. Lord, renew Lord, renew my, my passion for your vision. Would anybody be so bold to pray that? Renew my passion for your vision. I want to see people saved. I want to be a soldier for you. And some of us just need to pray, God, where is it? Maybe right now you feel close to the Father. You're on point. You're like, I'm serving. But where do I fit into God's global plan? Huh? Maybe as a college student, you're about to walk across the stage in a few weeks. You're about to turn your tassel, and, and yet your, your degree says something, but you know you don't have a job waiting, and you're just like, God, why, why do I go to school and I have this degree, and now I don't even have a job to go to? Uh, what do I do? You know what, God, 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 that's no surprise to God. He's wanting you to wait in that moment. He's trying to lead you. He may have something for you that that, that degree can't even give you enough uh, register for. Listen, he's got something bigger than that. You never know. Listen, maybe there's a high school senior. You're about to get out, and you're, you're, not whole, you're, you're nervous about college. And you say, you know, I want to take a year off and just devote myself to the ministry. I want to come up here, and I'm going to serve, and I'll keep working at Chick-fil-A because, God bless, we need that. Uh, but but I'll, I'll keep doing my thing, but, but I want to just devote myself for, for a few months, six months, three months this summer. And just I want to fit into God's mission. Maybe you got a parent, and you forgot that you're the spiritual priest of your home. And sometimes the Great Commission starts with them little babies, holding them and loving them and singing to them, yes, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's where it starts. Keep up the good job, Mom. Dad, keep showing up with your kids. That's where you fit in. Keep up the good work. As we pray together, i just uh, just going to say this. I'm out of time, but, but, but as we pray together, my son's at that age, he's 12, he's almost 13, so he's, you know, he's not my little buddy anymore. He, you know, when I get home, he doesn't run up like, Daddy, you know, and everything Dad wants to do, he's there. Nope, he's starting to like his own thing. He, he's got his own little pattern, and that's healthy, right? That's healthy for, for a young man to become a man, right? That's, that's part of it. But maybe that's you in here today. God the Father's like, I'd love to spend some time with you, and you're like, you've, got some, you've created distance, You've created distance. And that's what's hard as the heart of a father. I know it's healthy for my son to become his own man, but it's hard as a dad, isn't it? Like, man, my son's getting old. Some of you, maybe your kids are grown, and you're like, yeah, I just love it when they call me, right? I know that's, that's so difficult, but can you imagine? Why do you feel that? Because that's the heart of our father in heaven. He feels that when his children are distant. So may today, may May 1st, 2022, be the day where you turn over and you say, you know what? God, I, I know that it, you haven't left. I know that we're distant, God, because I have created some distance. I have backed up. I have created ground in between us. As we pray, that's my prayer, that you would close that distance. If I understand my Savior and the good shepherd of this, this Bible, your Bible, as soon as you turn around and look to him and go to him, he's going to be right there. Right there waiting to receive you. <laughs> hey, waiting to receive anyone that will come to him. May you come tonight as the band plays. Father, thank you. 
Lord, thank you so much for being a good, good father. We need you, Lord. We need you every day. God, I need you. I, I can't do this without you. God, I, I can't. There's not a fabric in my being that can follow Christ alone. Lord, the Christian life is not hard outside of the Holy Spirit. It is impossible. I can't do it apart from God. I need your help. I need your help with my lust. I need your help with my pride, God, with, 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 the, with the bentness of my flesh, wanting to lean into sin and do my own way. It's ever-present, but God, may I, as the, from the words of Paul, may I see that I've been made alive in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. May I live in that. Father, I thank you for every person here. May they draw close to you during this song, through prayer, through the prayer team, even down front. Lord, we need you. In Jesus' name.